0: Hi, and welcome to Church Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray that it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk that you're about to hear. Good morning, Church. My name's Sarah, and I'm bringing the word for today. You know, the, the world looks pretty bleak at the moment, and we find ourselves in strange and, and dark times, The world is in mourning and it feels dark, not only the loss of lives, which is utterly heartbreaking, but livelihoods too. And many people have found their identity and what they do in their ministry or their job, and suddenly it's all brought to a painful halt. And they found themselves asking questions about whether they matter anymore. It's at that place that we realise we've put so much effort into our productivity, our achievement, our success, our accomplishments, and now find that the importance of focusing on our character, our identity in Christ, who we are in God and who we are becoming. But there is another darkness that's affecting so many, loneliness, anxiety, and depression. And the darkness feels frightening. But here is where we've got to dig deep and warrior against depression. We've got to fight for hope, because there is hope in Jesus, Psalm 112 verse 4 says, Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous. The dawn of morning is coming. Joy comes in the morning. And we often prioritise physical health over mental health. Anxiety isn't weakness. In fact, when I think about the people who struggle the most with anxiety or depression... They're some of the most courageous and caring and sensitive people in my life. Kirsten Corley said this about anxiety. She said, it's a constant state of worrying and panicking and being on the edge. It's irrational fears. It's thinking too much. It's caring too much because the root of people with anxiety is caring. know, many thousands of people were struggling with loneliness before this pandemic. Despite social media and now are feeling desperate, this afternoon contact someone you haven't seen since the lockdown. (laughs) Because when all of our coping mechanisms have been taken away, we need to find new ones because you will make it. God is there in the sunny and the tranquil times, but sometimes we have to endure the darkness to gain strength from the comfort of his word We can truly experience hope and peace when we are struggling in the dark. There are so many Bible characters who struggled with feeling despondent or depressed. Elijah and David, Peter, Paul, Jonah, Job, they all found comfort in the promises of the scriptures or in remembering when God had showed up before. You are not damaged goods because you have been broken. I look at stories in the Bible and we see that the provision gets gets better when darkest. I've known his love and his presence in the times of darkness in my life. Those of you from Common Church know I've talked about the struggles I've had in the past with insomnia. But I want to tell you that there are glimmers of light. We just have to look for them. The Psalms are full of great promises of God's faithfulness. And yet when you read them, 40% of them are actually laments. David or the psalmist crying out, God, where are you? I don't get it. Why? How long? And if that's the place you're in, you are not alone. Let's have a look at Psalm 13, verse 1. It starts, How long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? But as David grapples with those inner frustrations, By the end of the psalm, he's remembered that God has and will always be faithful. Verse 5 and 6, But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. In the dark places, there are glimmers of light. In the storm, you can still have peace if Jesus is in your boat. You know, sometimes it's the disappointment of what we hoped for that can leave us in the dark places. I was desperate for a baby and was so excited when I fell pregnant with Emily. And she was really poorly and was in an incubator for a week. uh, And that was a a really trying, dark time for us. But she she got better and uh, she was allowed out of hospital. And I'd thought about this moment since I was young, that moment where I look at my husband and we'd be so excited, there's a the baby in the back. And we got in the car, and she screamed, and she screamed and screamed. And instead of looking at each other with, yay, we looked at each other with, is this it? And those of you with teenagers know, it doesn't get a lot easier. <laughs> but there are of course, glimmers of light. And, and I can tell you, I, I love my kiddies. But if God's done it before or for someone else, he will do it again. He is faithful. We've just got to cling on. The Bible tells us that Jesus understood our pain and our suffering. He celebrates in our victories and he understands when we suffer. And I just want to have a look at two times um, in Jesus' life where God speaks directly from heaven to the people around. Matthew three sixteen and 17 talks about his baptism. As soon as Jesus was baptised, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And then later on in Matthew, in chapter 17, we hear about the transfiguration. And I'm reading from the message from verse 2. His appearance changed from the inside out right before their eyes. Sunlight poured from his face. His clothes were filled with light. And then on to verse 5. Sounding from deep in the cloud a voice. This is my son, marked by my love. Focus of my delight. Listen to him. Both times the heavens shone down. Both times, God's voice was heard about his love of Jesus. You know, the Jordan River is right next to the Dead Sea, and you can't go lower than the Dead Sea on Earth. And the Transfiguration, well, that was on Mount Hermon, geographically the tallest place of Israel. Life is, is full of those mountaintop moments when everything seems great, but we also have the valley moments where we feel down and things don't go away. And whether you're in the deepest valley or the tallest top, God is so proud of his children. He loves us in all of our circumstances. And the presence of darkness doesn't mean that he isn't good. But there was no voice from heaven and no light shining when Jesus was crucified. Jesus, too, knew that feeling of abandonment and rejection His friends had left him and betrayed him. The religious leaders are taunting him with paraphrased versions of Psalm 22 and verse 8. At the cross, when the world went dark, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's Matthew 27. He knows how we are feeling. You know, forsaken means to feel helpless or abandoned. But that didn't detract him from his mission In his cry out to the Father, he affirms, my God, that personal relationship. But sometimes there is silence, there is mystery, but it doesn't mean that God has left us alone. There are seasons where it feels easier at the beginning, and then it starts to feel harder. Health, family, the kids at home, financial worries can make us feel like we just can't take it anymore. And that's the beauty of church supporting each other, being able to share the load. Sometimes the church is about Pentecost, but sometimes it's about Gethsemane, about praying for each other, about supporting each other. And even when we feel alone, it doesn't mean that God isn't there with us. I really like the Footprints, footprints poem, and I just want to share a bit f- um, for you. Um, But I've noticed that during the most troublesome times in my life, there is only one set of footprints. I don't understand why when I needed you most, you would leave me. And the Lord replied, My precious child, I love you and I will never leave you. During your times of trial and suffering, when you only see one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. I particularly like the Tim Vine version. During your times of trial, I thought it would be fun if we hopped but you know even in those times where it feels that there is no one else to turn to in your loneliness in the shambles when all of your great ideas seem to have turned to mud in the mess God is still there there's a quote that says if you think God's forgotten you you've forgotten who God is he was there dancing with you on the mountaintop and he's with you in the valley moments he's been faithful before he will do it again In um, John chapter 8, Jesus tells us, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. If you know Jesus, his light will never leave you. I really love the picture of the father in the prodigal son story. You know, that wasteful, wayward son who's gone away and he's taken the father's inheritance and he's wasted it. And he realises his mistake And he's starving and he ends up feeding the pigs and decides to go back home to see if he can be a servant. And we see the father running to the son. You know, for a man to run, it would have meant hitching up his robe and showing his legs, which was shameful back then. So why does he run? Well, ancient Near Eastern scholars say that if a Jewish, Jewish son lost his inheritance among Gentiles and then returned home, the community would perform a ceremony called the kazaza. They would smash a giant pot in front of the son and they would yell at him and say, you are now cut off from your people. The community would totally reject and abandon him. The father, he must have been intercepting that abandonment from the community And that's the love of Father God. It's not about a bad person becoming good. It's about a dead person coming alive. You are not rejected or abandoned. You are not forgotten. That prayer that seems unanswered has been heard. We've just got to cling on. Come back to God and he will run towards you. Sometimes we need the dark. Seed sprouting, skin rejuvenation, photos developing. Maybe in the mystery, good is happening. Maybe in the dark, there are glimmers of light and your eyes will be accustomed so you can see again. If all you've got left today is to believe, hold it tightly. Trust Him for your tomorrow if you are struggling with your today. He gives bright hope for tomorrow because He's already there. Sometimes the light will come in the form of an encouraging word or a kind deed or a person that God sends you. Make sure you are listening to people of light. Social distance from social media if you have to. Turn off the news if you need to, if it's bringing you down. And to the church, don't underestimate the light that you can bring into someone's darkness. We're called to be God's hands and feet. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of, of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You know, like Har- Aaron and her in Exodus 12, they supported Moses and lifted his arms when he couldn't. We've got to be the people that support others. Your neighbours, your friends, your colleagues, someone in your life needs glimmers of light right now. We've got to attune to his heart, feel his nudges, hear his whispers. Maybe you're about to make a difference to someone else's life. And as we read in John 1 verse 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. If you're struggling today, if your world just feels so dark, call us. There's a number that's been on your screen. Call us. You can go on onto our website and there's an online pastor who will talk to you. If you need Jesus right now, don't let this moment pass. Thanks for listening to Church Talks. We'd love to hear from you and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek cons. For more information or to contact us, please visit www.comchurch.org.uk. Or find us on Facebook. God bless.